In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan. This is your pal Ryan, and this is your Tuesday episode. We're coming in hot for you folks today. We got a uh, Southern Charm recap, a little bop a do bop a dee dee dee, uh, and we'll do a couple news stories, and we'll we'll get you in and out. This is going to be enjoyable for all of us. Uh, if you uh, let me let me start the old YouTube over here because this is on YouTube now as well, you guys. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about. Um, what you guys can't see at home, the, the magic of YouTube, but the, the the not magic of podcasting is that you cannot tell that I have shaved my beard off and now I have gone, I am mustachioed now. So that's a, if that's not a reason to go on over there to the YouTube and, and subscribe and say, I don't know what it is. I'm doing weird things with my facial hair now. I mean, what's next? We're... <laughs> Oh, I can't make a pubic hair joke this early in the show, or can I? That is, uh, I think I can. I'm a professional. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I decided to do that. This is kind of, um, when guys do thing weird things with their facial hair, it's, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a cry for help, first off. I think we all know that. But I feel like it's the equivalent for girls of deciding if they should have bangs or not. Because you get in front of the mirror and you're like, I got to take this down. It's looking all white. So, you know, people are like, oh, my God. And I, the thing is, you guys know that have been listening for a while, when I try to dye my beard, it makes my face puff up like the nutty professor. And that's a new thing that just happened in the last year so that and believe me, I've tried twice now, and both times I've had to go to the uh, the urgent care facility. And almost to the point where they were like, dude, we told you that this was going to happen again. Why did you not take our advice? It wasn't even advice. We told you medically you can't do this. And I was like, I just thought I was having a bad day. And I thought this next time I would be more myself and my face could handle the beard dye. And they were like, what is your prop? Man, we're in a pandemic, bro. Um <laughs> so I got there. I was like, let's let's trim this this monstrosity of white hair and all that crap that's on my face. And then you know you get the you get the buzzers going, the clippers. And then you're like, well, what if I did a little whoops? And then you nick yourself a little bit. You're like, oh, can't go back to that. You know, like that's not gonna look normal if I just you know, have a huge gaping hole in my, uh, my beard. And then you're like, well, I'll take it down a little bit. And then all of a sudden you wind up with a mustache. And believe me, I was having tons of fun by myself. I, uh, gave myself a handlebar mustache at one point. I looked like one of the village people. Do people even know who the village people still are today? Is that just a way too old of a seventies reference? And I wasn't even around for the village people, but I was, you know, I was an '80s kid, and Village People was still a, a really big cultural reference. I remember as a kid, people making Village People jokes all the day, all the time. Uh, sure, I'm, I have a big young audience that's listening right now. So, <laughs> so yeah, I did that. Um, I am like, I am so out of it today. You guys are gonna have to, because this is kind of like a podcast about reality shows and pop culture, but it's also about me, uh, and not in like a I'm awesome way, but then I just, I'm going to treat you guys sometimes like my journal, my journal. Um, but it's, I, I've been doing this training thing with this trainer and he's awesome. The guy's really good. I want to impress him and stuff. And I did it three times last week and Friday I felt like good. Like I was really sore, but I felt good. You know, I was like, okay, you're really, you're seeing progress. And so I was back in the, uh, the, the gym today and I was raring to go, and this guy kicked my ass so hard that I almost was like, is it, 
kosher if I cry in front of this man? Like, it's either that or just pass out. Or people, and 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 the other times I've worked out with them, there have been no people around. This time there were like three girls, two dudes, and of course I'm sweating like it's like the you know like some kind of flood is happening. It's like Noah's Ark, and I'm collecting animals just by like just sweat is just dripping, and I'm doing basic exercises. They're just dripping, and I'm like, hey, everybody, everybody got their rain slickers on. I'm trying to make stupid jokes. And then it got to a point, you guys, where I couldn't even make stupid jokes because I was really just trying to concentrate on staying alive. And you have this dumb Apple Watch that I I hit when I start working out so it'll tell you your heart rate. So all of a sudden, I'm like a medical doctor. I'm always checking my heart rate. I'm like, okay, we went up here, went down there. It is just brutal, you guys. And, uh, But I really, I'm trying to make the LA Lakers this year. I really think basketball could be my thing. So I want to get in shape. But yeah, I I was like, you know what? I'm not losing the weight that I want to yet, but we're only like a week and a half in. So what I decided to do was shave off five pounds, five pounds of hair off of my face. And that's what you got here with the old, uh, the mustache. You know, the mustache looks cooler when I'm not moving my mouth. Like look like YouTube, look at this. Dude, that looks almost handsome. Like, give you one of these. Hey, how are you? Hi, Sutton. How are you? My name's Ryan. Yeah, this is a real mustache. I uh, grew it myself. Thank you so much for noticing. Oh, what's that? Sanjit couldn't grow a mustache? Interesting. Well, well, anyways, have a great night, Sutton. And then she's like, oh, wait, I'll say, I'll say, Ron, please. Ron, stay. Stay. I want to ask more questions about the mustache. I'll say, I'll say. And then I come back over. I'm like, oh, this... This thing, well, it's funny. I just, uh, on a whim, I had a beard and I decided to shave it. That's the kind of fun conversations I would have with Sutton Strack from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, just to remind you guys, I'm probably going to take off Wednesday like I did last week. I'm going to take it off. It's my mom's surgery on Wednesday and I can just... I'm already just been in a mood and a funk and all of that crap. So I'm going to tell you that up front. But I'll be back on Thursday because I already have... An interview lined up that I'm going to be doing tomorrow, but sometimes when you sit down to do these things, it really helps. Like it helps for me to talk, um, to talk about something else other than the things that I'm worried about. You guys, it's a very basic, um, <laughs> basic thing that I'm like everybody does that. It helps me, but just to get up to a mic sometimes is like the hardest thing when you don't feel, you know, you don't feel in. The, the, the best way. So anyways, let me get into the show here. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what have you been doing? That's not the show. This is the show. Folks, we've got uh, big news coming out of Orange County. And that is, this is huge, Taylor Armstrong, you guys, from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and most recently Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2 on Peacock has been announced. Uh, at first, this is great. They kind of bungled her announcement. I think this is Tamara's fault because Tamara tweeted like, oh, not only will I be coming back to the OC, but I will be joined by my friend Taylor Armstrong. And it turns out she is not going to be a housewife. She's going to be a friend of. Now, I don't this friend of housewife thing. It's so weird to me. It's like you guys are all on the same show. Like it is so dumb that we're like. A team and B team, like you, you guys are on all the same silly show that we love dearly. But like the fact that you have classifications and levels within that show, 
You know, is there like a training team? You're on the C team. You are a friend of a friend of, or you are a, uh, you know, you're a person that exists on this show that nobody is friends with. Like how many different variations of this can there be? Now, I do want to toot my little horn, my little mustachioed horn, because when we uh, interviewed Taylor Armstrong on this podcast, and I think I'm trying to find the clip so I can uh, brag a little bit is that she, we talked about her potentially coming onto OC because she lives in Orange County, you guys. She doesn't live in Beverly Hills anymore, so it was actually kind of like that would make sense, and now she is friends with Tamara, and she even said it on the podcast. This was after she filmed Ultimate Girls Trip, but like months and months before it even came out, and she said, I said, you gotta come back to Beverly Hills, and she said, what about Orange County? What about, and I was like, hell yeah, let's do that. So I'm happy that she is coming back. Now, Vulture... Um, you guys know Vulture that does all the amazing pop culture articles and stuff like that. She, um, <laughs> she, what it was the article that was written. I'm trying to find out. Um, this cracked me up <laughs> the way they said, this is Vulture's headline for Taylor Armstrong returning woman yelling at a cat becomes first ever housewife to swap franchises. And that's because of course, this is that picture of, uh, of Taylor and the cat meme, which is just. I mean, that is more popular than potentially even the Housewives series to begin with. And that's that's Taylor Armstrong. I mean, can you imagine? We talked about that meme in the interview, but could you imagine doing something, getting that upset about something in a scene? That was a very dramatic scene that Taylor was in. And then years later, not unbeknownst to you or Bravo or anybody involved with the show, it takes on a life of its own. And it becomes one of, I would say, the top 20 memes of all time. Would you guys say that? I think... I truly think it is an iconic meme. I mean, they sell shirts. Holy shit. Um, So I loved that headline. Uh, So, and also, this is a double toot of my own horn, you guys, because remember, we just talked about that thing a couple weeks ago that I tweeted out. I said, real Housewives franchises should be able to trade Housewives to different franchises like sports teams. And that's what they have done here. Now, this isn't, they didn't do this because of me. This was not my idea or anything like that. But it is exciting because it shows you guys that we are on the right path. We are having the right ideas. We have the right excitement and enthusiasm. They're melding worlds. I mean, we've got Winterhouse now. We've got Paige coming on over into Southern Charm, which, by the way, and somebody mark where I said this because I'll probably regret it later. Have to tell you. I honestly almost missed Paige DeSorbo this episode of Southern Charm. I was like, this might need a little page. And I know you guys are like, what? No, but seriously, I I thought this episode was so weirdly bad in places or just like, not bad. It was just like, it's like, we just, it just exists. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. I watched that for an hour. Cool, cool. And I watched it even with commercials, and that's really... Do you guys ever do that when you watch a show and it doesn't have... You haven't taped it on your DVR, so you can't... Bloop, 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 you can't fast forward, and you have to watch the commercials. I've never felt like more of a bigger loser in my life when that happens, because you're sitting there going, like... It gives you three minutes to think about what the F you're watching, and you're like, what am I doing? What truly am I doing with my life that I am waiting three and a half minutes... To, to watch this kitty litter ad before I get back to Southern Charm. But I have to say, I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe Paige isn't a bad thing, but you know what? Use her then. Don't just, like, use her. I think we are in desperate need of something on this show. This show has been on for eight seasons, Southern Charm. 
I don't have to tell you guys that, but I will. Um, and uh, well, this mustache really makes me uh, uh, like a like a police officer. I'm like, I'm like the guy that like, ma'am, you were speeding. Uh, you were going ten over in a fifty-five, and uh, we just need you to go slower. Okay, all right, be safe out there. All right. Um, Eight years, eight seasons, and Southern Charm is in a weird kind of spot anyways because they had a pandemic. They're dealing with the uh, the after effects of George Floyd, of tearing down statues, these really, really meaningful discussions that we're having. And, and a show like Southern Charm and the town in which it is located, you know, has not properly dealt with a lot of those things yet, or they're catching up to sometimes other parts of America. So it's almost this relic, like frozen in time or frozen in glass. And I think, you know, they're saying like, yo, it's not just the good old boys anymore. Like we don't have Thomas Ravenel on this show. And you could say Thomas Ravenel was really entertaining and he was, but Thomas Ravenel also remember is allegedly an accused rapist. I mean, I don't even think that's alleged. He is an accused rapist. Uh, You know, those are real things. And, you know, we always have to struggle with, and I don't think this is a struggle at all, is that do you want entertaining or do you want people to actually pay for the things that they did? And I'm always like, pay for the things that they did. There's so much good TV to go around. But I was talking about this with someone this week was that, do we think, do we think that Southern Charm will last past this season? And really think about that, because you're like, whoa, no, totally. Everybody loves Craig. Everybody, But think about it. What do we have? What do we have in this show? And I'm not trying to be negative, because I have not fully made up my mind on this yet, nor would it matter if I did. But what are they giving us? We're, things aren't really kind of gelling at this point, and I don't really have high hopes for the future. Lev is going to go do her spinoff, which is like a Vanderpump Rules thing, and I don't think she's really done that much on Southern Charm so far anyways. You have Shep. And Shep just broke up with Taylor, which I have an update for that later about the Taylor uh, thing I talked about on Monday, spotting them at a fish concert. Well, I don't even, I'll tell you now. Uh, That was Dumois. And it turns out Dumois did a, not a retraction, but said that was not Taylor. It was a girl that looked like Taylor with Shep and Austin, which is even worse. Because I was like, oh, maybe they got back together. But no, it turns out Shep might just have a type and he's already found another Taylor. Like a Taylor 2.0, which is just even sadder. And then also on top of that, imagine that poor girl getting dragged to a fish show. No offense to fish. I dig them. But imagine if you don't know fish's music and you get dragged to a fish show and they're like, hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime gal. You know, like it would be intense for that girl. And I don't know even if you were on a Bravo show, if it would really make anything better for that woman. But yeah, we were talking about that yesterday and I was like, that's wild. That that I cannot believe they're back together, but they aren't. It was a Taylor lookalike. Oh, we all, we, we all want to think we're like special butterflies, right? We are all special snowflakes. We're all unique. And then like when I do commercial auditions, you guys, well, maybe now with the mustache, it's going to be a lot different. But when I go into commercial auditions, it's like you see all these variations of you Some are better looking than you. Some are uglier than you. Some have more talent than you. Uh, Some have less talent than you. But they're all there. Like back in the day when we used to be able to do commercial auditions where you'd actually go drive to the audition, there would be these commercial audition waiting rooms. And there was one the, one of the big ones was you had 200 South La Brea, you guys, if you live in Los Angeles, you know where that is. And then another huge one was over at the Casting Networks over uh, on uh, 
off of like Bundy on Ocean Drive in Santa Monica, which was always so far. You hated to get an audition over there because you knew you'd be like two hours in traffic. This is okay. We're going to take a little detour here, you guys. If you guys know, I used to be an actor. I'm, I'm still an actor. I still audition. Actually, I had a callback for a Jersey Mike's commercial last week. <laughs> Hope I don't get it because now I got a mustache. <laughs> oh, no, I just thought about that. What if I do get it? And they're like, why did you shave your beard that you used? Wow. Truly finding new ways to be an idiot every day, folks. I hope you're proud of me like I'm proud of me. Um, so what I would do, like I would be working at the acting studio that I worked at. And you would get like an audition. Like you'd either get it the day before or the day of. So much so that you would start like I would start just packing different clothing options and leave them in my trunk so it would be like young dad or it would be like baseball guy you know sports guy and I would have different outfits in case I got a same day audition because I would never have time to go home I would have to go straight to the audition from work but usually you'd get there a day and and I would time it for my lunch break or I would try to build my lunch break around this and any clients trying to make it sure it was the right time and you'd get in your car and I worked on La Brea, which is like if you got an audition at 200 South La Brea, that was the best because you knew it wasn't it was going to be like an hour. Bam, bam. But Ocean Drive, you knew you were looking at two hours at the least. So you'd get in your car and I would like a big Howard Stern guy. And that's when you'd listen to your Howard Stern. You'd I'd always try to tell myself, make phone calls, network, talk to family. But I I wasn't like that. Like I, I wanted to be always really quiet. Like I still am. Like I can do this, but I don't want to. Anybody that knows me in my real life knows that I do not want to talk on the phone. Like it really, because I'll think about that phone call. Like I'm so weird. It's like, it's very George Costanza of me or maybe Larry David with a cool mustache. Um, But I would always like, no, that's my time. I want to listen to Stern just kind of be in my head. Uh, And then you, it would take there, depending on the traffic, you'd get in there. And it was either one of two things. You'd have a room full of people and you'd have to sign in. You have to sign your name, your agent's name, time in, uh, your SAG number, Terrain Actors Guild number. And you would hope that you got there when there wasn't a lot of people. But sometimes you'd get there and it'd be like 50 people. It would be a madhouse. They'd be trying to pair up couples like this is going to be your wife for the commercial. This is going to be your kid for the commercial. And you would just be like, oh, my God. And I never had like a lot of my actor friends, not well off, but they were they were able to not have a daytime job. And I had to have a daytime job because I was poor. And so that was like I, I never got to enjoy auditioning my audition experience. And this is not boohoo, but it was just how it was when I'd get there and I'd be like, fuck, I got to get it. I would just be checking my clock the whole time. Like, come on, come on, come on. Because I'd be so worried about what I was missing back at work. If there was clients coming in, if I had left the other people I work with in the lurch, you know, like it was always this worry. So I'd be trying to get in and out as fast as I can. I'd be like, you know, no, 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 I'm, I'm next. I'm next. Or I would try to be trading with people. It was the worst. And then you would go in, you guys, and you would do your little commercial audition, which only takes, I mean, legitimately like three to five minutes, maybe five, if they're really working with you, which is what you want. And you do that, and then you get back in your car. This is the saddest life of an actor, you guys. A lot of people are like, oh, acting's so glamorous. No, this is the reality of it, is that you then get in your car. You hopefully didn't park too far away. Hopefully, you got a meter. Hopefully, you put money in the meter and not forgot, because I would do that a lot of the time, and then have a ticket to come back out to. You would get in the car. 
and you'd hit your ways to see how long it took to get back. And it would always be double the time going that way back to the job. And it was just the worst. You would be, and you would be having the most intense car ride back, trying to find new ways to get around Los Angeles. It's like that Saturday Night Live sketch. Like you would take the 405 to the 101 to cut over Laurel, and you'd go through the hills. And there was all these like trying to find ways, and like everything. Like if there was an accident, it would fuck you even more. And that, to me, is one of the truest experiences of being an actor. Is that kind of experience. Now, once COVID and the pandemic happened, everything switched to online for the most part. I think I've only been. Through to a handful of live auditions since uh, COVID, and probably those were illegal. <laughs> so, um, but now they they do it like Zoom. I, I get a sit. I, I have a curtain right here that's a solid color, or I'll be able to put myself on tape, and I'll go to a buddy's house, and they have like a a background I can use. But for that, then you see all of your instead of a waiting room, it's a virtual waiting room, and you're like, okay, that's cool. But you guys, it's not cool because you're just looking at. 20 faces on your screen, like a Zoom screen, waiting to go into the quote-unquote audition room. So you're sitting there. Imagine like it's me if you're watching on YouTube right now. I'm just sitting here right here. And so you're like you're 20 faces seeing everything that you're doing. So you'll like be down on your phone like, oh, da 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 And I would just be trying to look down and not look at all the other eyes because all the other eyes, once you make eye contact, they look kind of like you. So it looks like you're looking into a fun house mirror. Um, and you'd be like, Hey, you know, you try to make some small talk and that doesn't usually go well over zoom. And then you wait to get paired up and then they take you into another virtual waiting room. Why did we even start talking about this? You guys, like you guys, you, I need somebody here to keep me on task. You guys, I think it was something about, that we're all getting older, maybe that we're all like Southern charm. Is that what it's about? I don't know. God, this mustache has really changed me. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I uh, interesting. Let me cut right here and see what I was actually talking about is. Yes. I found out what we were talking about. We were talking about that Taylor. There's a Taylor 2.0. And then that led me to a story about acting. <laughs> okay, so Taylor Armstrong is coming back as a friend of. Now, what do we think about this? Now, this is exciting on its face, and I really do like Taylor. I will say, if you listen to the, any of the Ultimate Girls Trip recaps I did over on the Patreon, which, hi, baddies, uh, we're doing a live Patreon on Wednesday, you guys. Uh, so join us for that. If you're a Patreon member, we'll be doing that uh, a live where you get to see the mustache up close and personal. And you can tell me to do weird things with the mustache. It's going to be a load of fun. Also, I did a two hour Q and a episode this weekend, which actually went into so many cool directions. And I did a baddie spotlight where I get to talk to one of the Patreon members. And, uh, this, uh, we, week it was our friend Rose Martinez and she was excellent. So a lot of things happening over there on the Patreon, if you need extra content, but, uh, so Taylor is coming back, but ultimate girls trip. I thought her and Tamara, and this, I don't mean this mean, but they had, Taylor had that one really exciting moment where she really launched into Brandy finally. Um, but I thought her and Tamara, to a degree, were two of the, two of the less exciting uh, additions of that house. And I don't mean 
of all time. I just mean of that scenario because think about it. You had Dorinda, you had Jill, you had Brandy, you had Eva, you had my favorite Phaedra. I mean, you had Vicky. How, like, that's a hard group of girls to compete with. So now we know that Taylor will be in there as Tamara's friend. So that gives Tamara a little something to lean on because we don't know what is going to be cut fitness, her and Eddie. And, you know, I'm, I'm very curious what her storyline is going to be, but I'm all for it. I mean, but are we now in the age and we'll only see this once we see other franchises being cast? Are they going to start swapping? Are we going to start seeing other ladies in other franchises? Hell, I do got to tell you, though, I almost feel a little bad for Vicky Gunvalson. Because if you're going to bring Tamra and you're going to bring, I mean, you, you're bringing people that aren't even initially on your show, but she was on Beverly Hills, Taylor, then why not bring Vicky? Now I'm kind of like, I wasn't even for it at first, but now like, if you're going to go this far, why not go all the way? You know, like, why not go all the way at this point? Like, fuck it. Let's see if it sticks. Because we've seen cast members come back to these shows before and we've seen when they've worked and we've seen when they've not worked at all. And so we don't know how this is going to be just because some people are excited about Tamara coming back. That's awesome. But remember that doesn't guarantee that it's going to be amazing. Remember how orange County started last season with Heather Dubrow. And I got to tell you those first couple of episodes, it was kind of exciting because I was like, Oh, there's a lot of possibilities here. We had Heather freaking out at the house of like cameras down cameras down. And we had the $50,000 worth of sushi that didn't get eaten. Very exciting. And then it kind of like petered off with little, little moments. Um, it is funny that Emily and Gina are still there. They really, truly just dodge bullets. Even though I'm hearing, I don't know what is rumor and what is not. You know, it's like the Leah McSweeney elephant dung story. I'm hearing that uh, Gina might be a friend of, but I don't know that for sure. But that is something that I read a couple places today. So you never know with those rumors. And my thing with that always is probably like yours is, listen, I'll find out when I see it. Like, you know, like I'm good. There's enough stuff to watch and talk shit about that I do not... Like, man, if Gina's there, fine. If Gina's not there, fine. Okay, I'll see it on the show. Like, But I will say, if both of those ladies are back and something big doesn't happen, I think one of them would be on the chopping block. I mean, this is why I would be so excited. This is why I want a reality show of the reality show. I want a, I want a reality show of the production meetings for these shows. I want executive producers sitting around and going, okay, Gina, what do we hope from Gina? Hasn't he done a pre-interview with Gina? What's going on in her life? Okay, yeah, she's uh, you know thinking about adding on to her little condo. Okay, that's cool. So we could get a little scene with that. I want to see those conversations. I want to see how deep we think these things out if you're working behind the scenes. My hope is that these are so well thought out and it's just brilliant people working together. But my fear is that it, us, the audience, is putting in way more mental work than the people behind the scenes. Like, because have you ever re met like a real Bravo fan? Not even a reality show, but a Bravo fan. Like, you, we've, we've written fan fiction for these people. We're like, it could go this way, or it could go back this way. And what would be exciting is if um, uh, then she uh, cheated with Mauricio, and then PK found out. Like, we go there in our heads. And sometimes I wonder if the producers probably have to keep things real, 
you know, obviously not fake. Because in my fan fiction, like, they can fly. They're like the X-Men. Yeah, and then Vicky all of a sudden started sh- uh, shooting lasers out of her vagina. It was insane. Nobody saw it. And then Don Gunvalson came back, and he was like, I have uh, I have a shield to protect from Vicky's uh, vagina lasers. <laughs> I... I have a very special shield. Let me let me change into my superhero flip-flops and get my Corona light, and then we're going to go get Vicky and take down this vagina laser ASAP. Um, I don't know. I just I love that the audience really does put that thought in there, and I, I just want to know, don't you ever do that? Don't you ever want to compete at that level of just see, like, you know, we know these shows like the back of our hands. Wouldn't you love to go toe-to-toe with one of these producers in some kind of, like, contest? in some kind of, like, trivia contest about their own show. And and most likely they would beat you, right? But then there's a slim chance that maybe not. Like, maybe we know more than production. That's the kind of... That's the kind of thing that that gets people in trouble, you guys, what I just said. Uh, Okay, so Taylor will be back. That's exciting. And who knows? Maybe there'll be more surprises. I do feel bad for Vicky. I don't want anybody in life to feel left out. I know how much it hurts me when I feel left out. And I can be upset at, like, Vicky or, you know, I can have disagreements with how she's handled certain situations. But I don't want anybody to be hurt. You know, if you let Tam... I think Vicky is better TV nuts to bolts than, than Tamara is. Like, I just do, I think. But it is good that Vicky's not coming back, so it gives Tamara room to kind of be her own person. Because you saw on Girls Trip, Tamara was kind of just holding hands with Vicky and making sure she was like showing up to things and getting up and like, are you ready to whoop it up, Vic? Are you ready to whoop it up? I'm like, yeah. My favorite line, one of my favorite lines in Girls Trip when it was in Vicky told the other ladies that if I die right now, you tell people that I died sad. Like, I'm like, Fuck yeah, man. That is my kind of person because that's like how I want to go. I want to go out making other people feel bad where they're like, I'm going to feel bad about this for a while. He was not doing well and he made it known. It'll be it'll be like my gym instructor. He's like he was sweating a great deal and he was not he was you could tell he was sad. You could tell he was sad he was here and he just kept asking to leave. Um Okay, so that's over there in Orange County. Big news. They started our Monday off right. Now, this is interesting. Real Housewives of Miami, we still really haven't given this show the praise that it should get. They rebooted this for Peacock, and I think they did excellent at it. This last season, I thought, was just really solid housewife stuff, and I can't wait to see how they build on this. But one of the main stories you're going to see is the dissolution of the relationship between Lenny Hochstein and his, I guess, now ex-wife, or about to be ex-wife, Lisa Hochstein. Because, remember, she was staying in the house on, uh, was it like Turtle Island? <laughs> Is it Turtle? Is it Tiger Island? It's something, something island, something animal island. Um, but she was staying in there, even though the prenup said that she had to get out. But, you know, she's also, I think, taking care of the kids. Um, <laughs> so, Lenny has a new girlfriend. And there's been a couple interesting developments in this story just in this last week. So Daily Mail, uh, this was great. Daily Mail says, I am not a homewrecker. Lenny Hochstein's girlfriend, Katerina Mazeppa, Katerina Mazeppa has filed a restraining order against his estranged wife, Lisa, after alleged online harassment. Now, huge, amazing title, right? Like, love when Daily Mail goes there like that. And my first thought is, let's say it all together, there better have been cameras there, right? There better have been cameras there. And then 
me actually as a person who has, uh, you know, humanity and love in his heart in some days um, says, wait a sec. These are real people. This sounds horrible. Like you're getting a restraining order against Lisa. How does that work with the kids and all of this stuff? And those poor kids, what are they dealing with? Also, I do got to say, though, Lisa is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman. You got to stop with the Facetune or whatever you're doing. And by the way, Facetune, the actual app, follows me now on Instagram. And And then did I tell you guys this? Facetune the app DM'd me because I have the Facetune Bureau of Investigation and Facetune the app DM'd me and said, we need to talk. And so I thank Facetune the app. I don't even know who runs it, but we've been DMing back and forth. I think they're coming on the show and we'll do like our favorite Housewives Facetune moments. But when Facetune messages you, that's a big, that's a big one. Like I'm a big fan of not the app itself, but just of the misuse of the, how do you tell somebody that by the way, of like, love your product, not for what it does, but just because I really find it horrible and what it does to people is just so silly. Um, but Lisa Hochstein, you guys just sometimes does too much and she's already insanely gorgeous. You don't need to go that hard. Sometimes I feel the same way about Meredith Marks of like, why are you going this hard? You don't need to do this, but it also shows you that we all have like a little bit of that, um, you know, a little bit of that in us is we do not see ourselves clearly. You know, Meredith is going, oh, if I look like a China doll, that actually, uh, that looks pretty good, you know? And it's like, no, no, Meredith, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. You, you don't look real anymore. And I've even seen girls make fun of the Facetune app and then literally turn around and do some of the most horrific face tuning I've ever seen. And that's when you know you're like, something is off. Did they think they were going to slip it by us? Because it's always egregious. It's never subtle. Like, there's never, like, a subtle Facetune. And if there is, they're, they're killing it. They're doing it the right way. But it's always something where you're like, oh, my God, the size of your head is, like, shrunk by, like, a third you have literally just sm- the smooth, y- your skin looks like a baby's butt. I, you know, it, it just, it's too much. Anyways, back to this very important story. So Lenny's new girlfriend, and remember, Lenny is the boob doctor to the stars in Miami, like really well-respected in boobs, uh, which is like, that was kind of like, if I could do it all again, I think if I was a kid, that's what I, like, I would have loved to have been Ryan Bailey, well-respected in the boob industry. Maybe I am well-respected in the boob industry now that I think about it. Um, Okay, so the media figure also gave a statement to express her feelings regarding the injunction. So Lisa gave her thoughts as well as this happening. She alleges that her partner's estranged wife, so Lisa, created several Finsta accounts. Remember, that's fake accounts that people make to spy on people to disparage her online. The media figure issued a statement to express that she was dismayed by the actions of her partner's estranged spouse. It was previously confirmed that Lenny and Lisa had decided to go their separate ways this past May. The former pair's split was prompted when Lenny and Katarina were interrupted by Lisa while partying at a club in Miami this past May. That's, you know, you don't want to go out like that where you get literally caught. So they're saying that uh, Lisa is creating fake accounts and saying really nasty things on these Finsta accounts, I would, you know, there are certain, there are a couple ways you can kind of find out who it is, but at the same time, I know these Bravo audiences like the back of my new mustache and they can be pretty intense and mean. So I sometimes think like, this might not even be Lisa. This is probably just the Bravo audiences because listen, we stand up for our housewives. Sometimes we do it way too much and I do not approve of that kind of behavior at all. Um, 
but I got to tell you, oh my God, you guys, Rinna Beauty, Lisa announced, I got, I woke up to this, that uh, on Amazon, they are doing, uh, they're selling Rinna Beauty now on Amazon. So I immediately was like, I have to go look at the reviews on this thing. Like, let's see what the people are saying. And they locked the reviews already, you guys, because people were leaving bad reviews and they said they, they said it was suspicious. Because I, I swear to God, I wasn't going to leave a bad review. I wasn't. But if I did leave a review, I would have said something about like, oh, this lipstick is great. When you rat your friend out about hooking up with another woman, even though they said they had a family and to please stop doing it. Like, you know what it's like? I would have said a review like that, but I was had really good, pro- really solid product. Five star. But I would have written that underneath it. So they had locked the reviews. I don't know how long for, but only verified purchasers. And I don't want to buy the shit just so I can do a little joke, even though now that I'm talking about it out loud, it's like I could get that Beyonce throw rug or I could get uh, some Rinna Beauty and I can give it to Medica, Sandra or Sandra, some like my friends. I, you know, like I, I'm not going to use it personally. Not that I, I don't think I will. OK, anywho, back to this story. Um, she says, I have chosen not to respond back with threatening or distasteful messages to Lisa Hoxine, but rather deal with this in a professional and proper manner, which is through the judicial system, Mazeppa says, um, which this sounds like a lawyer sentence, right? Like, there's no way she's like, let me put pin to paper and I'm going to say this about our judicial system. Uh, Mazeppa then expressed that she wanted to reveal what she saw as the reality of the situation that had been created by Lisa's actions. Like, this is so weird because it's like, dude, say what you want. Say this was a new relationship after this marriage busted up, but it probably wasn't, right? It just probably wasn't. People cheat. It sucks. Yeah, we do look down on those people, and and deservedly so. You'll get over it, and if you guys love each other, then you'll stand the test of time and prove all of us wrong. Uh, She says, I am hopeful, though, through this filing to allow the public to know the real truth. Wow, this is like O.J. Simpson, which is that I was not involved with Lenny until after Lisa and him had separated. It is only after Lenny's separation that we began dating and having a relationship, which is always just a fun conversation to imagine. Do you imagine she's like, Lenny, I need proof. Are you guys done or not? I need proof before I let you touch my buttocks. Uh, She added, I am not a homewrecker. I am not someone who's destroying a family, and I am not someone acting in an inappropriate manner as is being stated publicly by Lisa. Mazeppa then noted that this filing will prove that, and the injunctive relief for her that has already been granted by a judge will hopefully stop the online bullying, stalking, harassing, and threatening behavior from Lisa. The media figure then wrote that she was dismayed by the actions of her partner's estranged. Yeah, this is their re- Daily Mail. Sometimes you'll be reading an article and then you catch a misspelling in it, and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm already ashamed about reading this." And now there's like a misspelling, and then sometimes they'll repeat like the whole paragraph, and you're like, "Oh, dude, oh, what am I doing with that?" It's like watching commercials during Southern Charm. Uh, she says it's unfortunate that Lisa has taken the low road to make such false allegations, which presumably are being made to gain an advantage over Lenny in the divorce proceedings, which is inappropriate. Mazeppa concluded by writing, I look forward to just focusing on protecting my physical and emotional well-being, my reputation, my business relationships, and living a peaceful life with my boyfriend. I love that she's willing to stick it out. Most girls would be like, yo, this is too much. But he is the boob king of Miami. So she's like, I can't, what, how am I going to do better than the Am I going to go to the, the vagina king of Miami? How are you going to do better than the boob king of Miami? 
Uh, Lisa and Lenny had been married for a total of 13 years before they cho- chose to end their marriage. Uh, so this this is interesting. Like an actual, you know, this was a restraining order. This is a restraining order. Now, Lisa, this is great. So this happened a couple days ago. Now, Lisa uh, is in page six today because she wanted to get her little shot off because it's like, yo, I'm going to take you guys down. She says, Lisa Hochstein accuses Lenny of trying to financially strangle her in divorce. Financially strangling. Ooh, that is erotic. Um, The Real Housewives of Miami star filed new documents exclusively obtained by Page Six in her divorce from the self-proclaimed boob god. Sorry, I said boob king. Boob god. Boob god is even more intense because you're then saying you're literally a god. Like, then when you go to heaven, if you get to go to heaven... God's like, what was that whole thing with you calling yourself boob God? Like, I created everybody? Like, what are you even talking? He's like, no, no, it was like, I was trying to be funny and cute. Well, it's not funny, God's going to say. That's not funny. I already had a huge talking with the Kardashians and all the shit they pulled, but this is not funny, Lenny. Um, She alleges in these papers that he, he retaliated by restricting her access to funds, when she does not acquiesce to each and every one of his demands. Wow, this feels like a ransom. Like, Lisa 40 explains that the plastic surgeon 56 provided her with a joint credit card throughout their marriage to pay for her personal expenses, expenses for the household and expenses for the party's children. But the situation has changed since he has begun dating 26-year-old Katarina Mazeppa. That is such a huge age difference, you guys. I try not to, like, listen, I'm old. I, you know, I, I, you know, tw- but 56, tw- that's 30-year difference. What do you think they talk about? Do you think they talk about the village people? Do you think, I mean, what do you, so it says, while the husband is presently traveling on a no expense spared vacation with his presumed girlfriend to Europe, he has left his wife and children without cash, access to funds, and less than $3,000 of available credit on the joint credit card? Lisa, huh? Like, Lisa, I have to imagine you have decent credit. Open your own credit cards and then just charge Lenny for that shit later. Ugh. The Bravo-turned-peacock personality believes Lenny refuses to maintain the status quo because she expressed serious reservations about his request to host, produce, and throw a lavish Halloween party with his girlfriend at the marital home for 800 to 1,000 people with the children present. That's a big—imagine not getting invited to that. Imagine you're in Miami and you're like the who's who and you get left off a 1,000-person party. You're like, there's a 1,000 fucking people on the guest list and I didn't even get to be one of those people? Like, it just sounds, that just sounds like, Lenny, why do you're doing that obviously to impress your new girl? Because why would you ever want to throw a thousand person party? That just sounds horrible. Lisa feels her concerns have fallen on deaf ears and claims she is being put in financial peril. She also states that when she confronts Lenny, he gets upset and verbally confronts her with demeaning comments. Sounds like Lenny. Um, so there, this is going to be going back and forth. And I, I imagine we will see a lot of this play out on Real Housewives of Miami. Uh, Lisa told Page Six in response to uh, what we just talked about in regards to the uh, the filing against Lisa. I've got no time for Katarina's childish antics and accusations. They are false and just show her true colors and motives. I have my children to focus on and I'm trying to keep them away from her and this negativity. None of these allegations are true. I need more credit limit. Wow. 
She didn't do the credit limit line, but I don't know. So that uh, that is that. Also, before we get into the Southern Charm here recap here in one sec, um, man, I like talking to you guys. Do you, I hope you like hearing this because I really this was nice. This cheered me up. I was really not wanting to do this, and this is what happens. I turn it on, and we're already forty five minutes in. I haven't even touched the Southern Charm recap. It's madness, I tell you, madness. Um, is that uh, Love Island uh, UK, which I've been talking about a lot on the show, but I'm not giving away spoilers. Their uh, season finale was today, and I finally got to watch it this afternoon. And I'm happy with the results. I'm not going to give them away if you're watching. You, uh, you're two weeks behind on Hulu, but I would say be careful of going on social media and ruining it for yourself. There's a lot of things that happen in these next two weeks, and if you're not going to get the VPN, I did not get the VPN either. I just magically saw it, and that's how we're going to go with that. That is that is what's happening. Everything is illegal. Everything is legal and above board. Um, but I got to watch it and I'm glad to be free of that show, even though I'm already excited for next season. So I'm telling you guys next season, we're going to go deep on Love Island. So I'm just warning you, uh, warning you right off the, off the bat. So get into it or we'll get into it together next season. Okay. I'm going to take a quick break, quick little commercial break potentially. And then, uh, we'll come back and we'll do a little Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Now comes the part of the show that I love the most when I get to talk about our sponsors. We have two sponsors this week, both returning, and I'm very excited about them. Uh, both of these I actually use, and I'm very, uh, I can recommend both. Our first one is our friends over at BetterHelp. Um, they always want me to discuss with these commercials the way, the things that I do to take care of my mind. And, uh, you know, usually it's like hiking. Uh, you guys know I love to hike, it kind of gets me away from the TV, but a lot of my taking care of my mind is watching reality shows. Isn't that wild? But I realize that every day I have to do things to help myself put my best foot forward in terms of my mental health. Unfortunately, I don't know if you're like me, but I think there's a lot of me out there. A lot of people like me out there where we have to work a little harder to be able to live successful lives. And you could say it's not fair sometimes. You could be frustrated with it. But to really get the best out of life, which life can be just so insanely beautiful, I know that I have to work out. I know that I have to 
talk to my family. I know that I need to eat something healthy. I know I need to talk to my therapist. Um, so they always say, and I always think this is dead on right. How well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? Now, if you're me, you know that I, I kind of just, <laughs> but most people do take care of their car. Most people do that. That's how our brains work. So why don't we treat our brains that way? How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. And this is something that I wish I knew in my 20s, you guys. I wish that I knew that I had to take care of this as much, if not more, than taking care of my body. So there are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps. Oh my God, power naps sounds amazing. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. Now, BetterHelp is great. It's excellent. There's so many reasons why, but a couple that I can think of right off the top of my head is that you can do this on your computer. You don't have to be sitting in traffic. You don't have to be around people. That's some one of the things is like, you know, that thing of like, oh man, working out, I got to go to the gym. But once you're there, you're happy you did that. With BetterHelp, that even takes that pressure off. You can just sit right down in front of your computer. It's still going to be hard to get to your computer, but you know what I'm saying? They make it easy. They do. And you're going to talk to somebody that is potentially going to help you with what you're dealing with in your life. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's also, and this is huge, much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So this is great. So bad, it's good listeners. Get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash so bad. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash so bad. And, uh, it really does help the show when you guys actually just go check this out. I think it's actually well worth checking out regardless, but just betterhelp.com forward slash so bad and check it out for yourself. I think you're going to be really glad that you did. Now, our next one, uh, I've been using this now for the last month and a half, and I got to tell you, I'm very regular. <laughs> um, okay, so this is our friends over at Just Thrive. Um they say, thanks to our modern world, it's impossible to cut out all stress, right? From turning on the daily news or your daily reality show like Love Island to juggling the work-life balance to scrolling through social media, which actually is very stressful, stress is there. The solution then isn't to stop or avoid it, but instead find effective ways to manage it. Just Calm, the brand new product from Just Thrive, represents a revolutionary new approach to uplifting your body, your mind, your soul. Just Calm has been clinically proven in multiple studies to help reduce perceived stress, balance cortisol, improve sleep quality, and even encourage focus and flow. Now, you guys know I keep track of my sleep, and I want to tell you I logged my best week of sleep last week at 7.5 hours. It was like 7, 7 hours and 37 minutes I averaged a night last week. That's huge for me. Um, and for unbeatable stress management, I've been pairing this. They sent me Just Calm with Just Thrive spore-based probiotic. And here's why. So we've all heard the term gut instinct or the gut-brain connection, but that connection is more powerful than you think. So your gut and brain talk to each other, sending signals all day long. A healthy gut isn't just crucial for immune and digestive health. 
health. It's also one of the best ways to beat stress long term. By giving your gut the beneficial bacteria it needs to thrive, Just Thrive Probiotic not only supports your best gut health, it creates the perfect foundation for Just Calm to perform at maximum strength. And when your gut is happy and your stress is under control, you'll be able to keep calm and win the day every day. Right now, you can get 15% off this dynamic duo when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code SOBAD at checkout. Um, So please check that one out as well, folks. Uh, It's another one that I am using and I am loving. Uh, Okay. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. He was lazy, just a regular Joe Blow. What times have changed, don't you know, don't you know? Ooh, ooh, the flashing lights, lit him up now. He's a rocket baby. Ooh, ooh, the fame machine, got a piece now. He's a factory. Whoa, they got the place, spinning around his little picky. He got a hand to the band, he's making it look so easy. It's easy as been and dude, a banger of a song. I cannot say enough good things each week about that song. In fact, even when Southern Charm isn't good, that song elevates the show to a place where I'm like, well, I gotta hear this song here and there, and that was it's pretty fun, you know. So this episode, you guys, is episode number six. Oh my god, we're only six episodes in. Uh, but you know what? Southern Charm usually does shortened seasons. Don't they usually do like 14 episode seasons? So we'll see. Um, this one is called Shuckers and Sinners. And I'm like, what? That's a weird title. And, uh, I did my research folks and shuckers means oyster shucking. And it's when you take an oyster and you take this little knife thing and you can slice your hand really easily, or you can put it in the oyster and shuck it. And that's opening the oyster and there's an oyster party. So that's what, and then Sinners it's like, who's the sinner? Like, I, I mean, who are they saying is the sinner in there? I didn't get the sinner. Like, are we all, I mean, we're all sinners, I guess. But anyways, so uh, remember they have put Naomi in charge of doing the voiceover for the preview, you know, for the beginning. Um, and so it's like, as Vanita learned to play nice with others, and we saw, you know, we see all the clips from the previous six episodes, and Vanita was at her birthday party, the joint birthday party with Madison, which was kind of horrible because she did not know that Madison invited Catherine and uh, and, and Austin's new girl. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh Olivia, sorry, I was like blanking on the name. Sometimes it's like it takes me a few seasons to really know their names. <laughs> but okay, this is what I was saying earlier in the show, guys. Do you really think? Do you like is Olivia the kind of character that's going to be around forever? There was that sweet spot of Southern Charm where I thought the women were going to like carry the show, and then that really cool hairdresser lady that I loved, and it was like it was all the you know, and it just kind of fell apart and they're trying to rebuild it and I want them to get there. But right now I just, it's going to be, it feels like it's going to be a long season. 
So Benita learned to play nice with others. Craig got schooled on how to be Paige's boyfriend. And we see that scene where Craig's like, come on, I can't go out with my ex who I just slept with two times. We only touch penis and vagina. Which, by the way, Paige would have loved if you had done a follow-up question of, Craig, did you wear protection? Craig, did you wear protection? Would love to know the answer to that. So uh, finally, Paige woke up and was like, yeah, I don't think it's cool if you actually just go out with Naomi by herself. And Craig's like, oh, I guess I can see your point, but it's weird for me. Um, And then, of course, they intersperse the song in what we've just seen of got more honey than honey bee. And then the voiceover continues. Madison, uh, Madison celebrated the fast track to wedded bliss. Austin told Olive he wanted to pump the brakes, which that's not necessarily true. Austin didn't say he wanted to pump the brakes. Austin just said, I want to take things slow. I mean, I guess that's pumping a light brake, but it wasn't like they were on a collision course of like speediness to begin with. That was the whole joke about their relationship is that they had never gone out solo before last week's episode. And then uh, the voiceover continues. And then he and the boys went to Charlotte to pack up Austin's childhood home. And then we end the the preview, the previews, the stuff that we already seen with that golf game between Craig and Austin, where uh, they were trying to get that text message together to send to Olivia. And he's like, "Okay, good. I told her my feelings. Now we can go to Charlotte." And Craig's like, "Yeah, tell her your feelings and then run." <laughs> and then we see him from last week's episode, the last scene where they're all doing shots. The voiceover says, "Meanwhile, trouble was brewing back in Charleston." And we see that uh, really horrible conversation that we got to hear half of with Shep calling Taylor and going, "Are you fucking crazy, bro?" Are are you crazy, Taylor? Which I don't like. I'm obviously not a woman yet, um, and but that's something that I've always been told. You don't call women crazy. Like that's such a weird. Like, are you fucking crazy? He's got scandals of the past. The time, and then we get a little music. And then the voiceover goes, the past can come back to haunt you. And then we have Craig talking to Austin at the very last scene of the episode last week of like, you know shit, bro, and I know shit, bro. Everyone knows shit. But Taylor, these landmines are gonna explode. Remember, he like did that whole bit where he was like, the, the thing that Taylor doesn't know is this campfire is more than a campfire. There's a cellarant and there's grenades and then somebody just put matches all around it. There's some illegal fireworks as well. All it takes is one match to light the fuse. Mm-hmm. So we open up in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're at Ivy's, which is the hotel that uh, the boys are staying at. We uh, are the next morning. Craig's brushing his teeth. We see his cute little dad bod. Austin's putting on a T-shirt. He calls Craig, and he's like, I'm up, man. How you feeling? And uh, he's like, I'd, Craig's like, I'd say that was a successful nice in, night in Charlotte. And then they high-five through the phone. Um, and uh, we see a flashback of last night. They were playing like a basketball, like a arcade basketball game they were doing shots we saw Shep jumping up and down and Craig goes it was a lot of fun and then Austin's like honestly bro I'm still drunk I'm gonna call the valet to get the car hey man real quick if you still are drunk how about you don't even drive wouldn't that be wild I know I'm just spitballing here but if you just admit it on camera you're drunk still Maybe let Craig, maybe let Jesus take the wheel, right? Like, come on, please. 
Um, we cut to Shep in bed, and he's like in bed, and he's like shirtless, and he's like poking his fat, and he's like, "I'm fat, I'm fat," and he's not fat. Like I'm like like it, it pisses me off when he's like he's like has a little flab, like little flab. Like I'd kill to have that little flab. Not come on, man. And he's laughing. He's like, he's rubbing his nipples. And uh, he calls Taylor, and it goes straight to voicemail. And it says, the mailbox is full. And Taylor calls him right back. She's like, hey. And then Shep's like, your mailbox is full. That's really embarrassing. Like, immediately. They just had that fight last night, kind of. And then he immediately goes, you're a dummy. Why do you have a fucking full mailbox, idiot? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know how to get it unfull. And he's like, you need to minimize your inbox. Um, And he's like, well, anywho, um, I'm so lazy, but I'm probably going to get up. And she's like, did you have fun last night? And he's like, yeah, girls everywhere, Taylor. So many girls. Girls. (laughs) She's like, good. I'm glad. He's like, I'm kidding, you nut. You fucking kook. You insane person. I mean, he's like teasing, but it's all kind of negative things. I'm kidding you, nut. But hey, about to get the day started. We're going to raid Austin's house, uh, his parents' house for furniture. And she goes, get a new couch. He's like, it's for Austin. I'm not going to raid it for myself. We're going to go there and have lunch. And then I'm going to take my nieces out. Life is good. And she goes, great. And he goes, well, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to get going. And he gets up. We cut to Charlotte. The boys are in the Suburban. Craig's uh, pulling out, uh, not of a girl, of like the parking structure. So actually, Craig is driving. So Austin, it's fine that he's still drunk. And he goes, hell, the girls in the car behind us are cute. And uh, Shep's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're in a relationship, dude. I thought we couldn't look at other girls. And then this is one of my favorite lines of the entire episode. Craig was like, Paige and I appreciate hot people together. Which then I was like, oh my God, are they like that? Uh, we're looking for a third couple of like, we spotted you from across the bar. My uh, girlfriend Paige thinks you're very attractive. We were looking for a third tonight. We're very gentle and I wear cologne. Hi, my name's Greg Conover. Do you like pillows? Because I'd like to put one uh, right around your tummy area. Well, <laughs> sorry. Um, so anyways, then, uh, Austin starts talking about his parents bought this house in 1996 when he was eight. And then he's like, was I eight? And then he does like math and it feels like five minutes. And then he's like, Oh no, I was nine. And, uh, you know, so I like, Oh, we're going to do a trip down the old memory lane episode. And then Shep goes, is your mom getting egg salad? Cause I don't like egg salad. Shep says, And then they get into this conversation about, like, Shep's like, do you call your dad by his first name? I call my dad by his first name. I don't fucking call my dad by his first name. Bill Bailey? I don't know. I like dad. Like, that's like, I don't, I feel so weird calling my dad Bill. Like, Bill, it's your son Ryan. Hi, Bill. Maybe I could do it now that I have a mustache. Bill, it's your son Ryan. I have a mustache now. Hi, Bill. Because my dad has a mustache. My dad had a mustache his whole life. And I do remember when he shaved it off, like, the two times in my life, it was really, uh, it was traumatizing. It was, I thought there was a stranger in the house, and I was like, why is he sleeping with my mom? And this went on for, like, a month, and then finally he started growing up. I was like, Dad? Is that you? Dad? It's Ryan, your son. You know, it was such a confusing time to grow up. Um, So they call uh, Austin's mom about the egg salad, 
And Shep's like, hey, Wendy, it's Shep. Uh, yeah, hi. And Austin's like, the boys and myself are wondering what you have for lunch. And she's like, well, um, I have a really nice ham. Oh, moms love to say that they have a really nice ham. Like moms, li- by, by the way, my mom legitimately had a very nice ham a couple of weeks ago when I saw her. We have a very nice ham and some Swiss cheese. And I made some homemade egg salad. And Chef's like, fuck, fuck. And a talking head, Chef's like, I can't tell you what my problem with egg salad is. It's like slimy and cold and it smells. You know, I think it's the smell. And then in my head, I was like, oh my God, he's treating Taylor like egg salad. Taylor is all of a sudden egg salad to Shep. And then uh, they get off the phone. Austin's like, I love you. And Shep's like, I never say I love you. Like Shep can't even commit to his parents saying I love you on the phone. Craig goes, I say love you bye every time. I like men talking about men things like this. I say I love you every time. I love you. Bye. Like, and I'll throw it out, like, because my sister gets super uncomfortable with it. So I like, love you. And like, I know she usually won't return it, which is fine. But, but sometimes do you ever just like wait, like uncomfortable, like I'll hang up usually immediately with shit like that. But sometimes every once in a while, just wait. So go, I love you. And then just stay on the phone. Go, yep. Still here. Still here. After I said, I love you. Still here. Um, so, uh, Shep goes, yeah, man, I can't commit to that. I love you with my mom. I don't know. Craig goes, my jaw hurts from laughing. (laughs) And I'm like, sure, Craig, your jaw hurts from laughing in quotation marks, not from anything we have done the night before. It is from the laughing. Austin is now telling more stories about his house. He's like, they're going around the neighborhood. He's like, oh, I TP'd that dude's house and I had to go clean it up. And he's like, oh, wow. I learned how to rollerblade in this cul-de-sac. And like over here, I did a circle jerk with a bunch of boys in the backyard and we touched each other's peckers. And uh, Austin's like, I was a good rollerblader. And Shep goes, there's no such thing. They go into the house. We uh, see Austin's dad and mom. They seem like really nice people. And she has all the food out like your mom does. You know, if you're lucky enough to have that, my mom will do that. Um, And uh, Craig goes, you got some hungry boys coming in, which is usually the start of a lot of pornography movies that uh, I've heard of. You got some hungry boys coming in. Yeah. And Shep says, Hey, I'm usually not an egg salad person, Wendy, but I hear it's famous egg salad. Chef can always, like, really charm people, I think. Craig's like, I'm going to get a turkey sandwich. And then mom, the mom's like, yeah, and then you can just jazz it up. Moms love saying jazz it up to things. Like, oh, yeah, just gussy it up. Jazz it up. Austin, she's like, Austin, Austin, look what I found. This whole box of stuff. And we see this just horrific photo of a young Austin in a baseball outfit. And uh, Austin's like, we've been at this house for 25 years. In a talking head, Austin says, it's easy to think about all the good things that happened in my childhood home, but there have definitely been some dark times that happened in this house. Now, if you guys remember this, he told this story years ago on the show, but he had an older sister named Kyle that passed away uh, in a place called Shimmy Rock, and she kind of fell off the side. And I, I you can't. It's got to be one of the hor- most horrific things that you could ever experience, not only as a brother, but if that is, you know, your daughter, it just breaks your heart, you know? And that is the one thing where I'm like, oh man, like, I'm just so happy that they seem uh, happy. And, you know, like I, I do, 
not commiserate because I've not been through that, but I empathize uh, with what that must have, that responsibility must have been like for Austin. And guys don't sometimes really handle things emotionally well, and it's hard to communicate. And it must have been a really scary time for Austin after that happened. I don't think it was scary enough for him to treat the girls in Summer House the way they did, but it really did kind of, I was like, oh man, that just sucks. So we see Austin picks, Austin's picks with Katie, his younger sister, but he goes, the beautiful thing about this house that Katie was born and there was new life being brought into this home for the first time. My family had time to heal together. And I think that's such a beautiful thought um, that is immediately ruined by Austin's Austin's poetry notebook, his childhood poetry notebook, which we bring out and Shep's reading. And he's like, pistachio notebook, green, yellow in the snow, smelly cheese. So it's like, I mean, it's full like beat poet, like that. No, it's just silly kid poems. But I, I'm telling you guys, this Austin poetry book, I would love to reach out and get a copy. Like I would even for my reality show museum, like I would love to even just take the initial copy, make photocopies of it and sell it. I think we could make a mint and uh, or I could just have the original and hold on to that. Uh, there's a, po- a poem about a sister. He goes, Katie is funny. Funny as can be sly as a crocodile. But when we finally catch her, she gives a sweet, innocent smile. That's a, actually a decent poem, but he did write that last year, he said. Uh, Shep asks to have, he's like, can I have this book? And uh, we get a new scene where now over at Vanita's house back in Charleston, um, we see Vanita's dog, Charles, and she's like, oh, you want some treats, Charles? She's making a, some pod co- coffee out of a pod, and she's like, Charles, sit, sit, why aren't you listening? And throws a dog toy, and I'm like, okay, like, what are we doing here, man? Like, uh, let's move it along. She calls Olivia. And she's like, hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Well, I'm sitting outside with Charles, playing fetch, having coffee. I'm like, yeah, we know. We've seen every piece of this. Like, I'm sorry that Olivia didn't know, but we, why did we need to see it? And we're going to hear about it all over again. Olivia's like, nice, nice. And Vanita's like, so I think you and I had a rocky start. And we flashed back to Olivia going, yeah, you called me, I think like, you all of a sudden said racist and I'm not going to stick around for that. That's more than a rocky start, by the way. I did talk to some people last week because I really didn't think I had a language to, um, you know, I was like, oh, this is, I don't know. I thought more about this and I've talked to a couple of people about this. It really put Vanita in a very bad position. And I think I said this on last week's episode, but to do, if that really did happen where Madison didn't tell her at her own birthday party that these two people that she were uncomfortable with were coming, that's just fucked up, but it's fucked up on Madison's part. Um, and it's just a really weird position to put a new cast member in of like, we're going to put you, the African-American cast member, and make you deal with all of this. I just think it's like really sloppy um, and unfair to uh, Vanita because we then don't really get to know her because now she's pegged as the person that has to teach us something. And she doesn't want to do that. She's a fucking influencer, you know? Um, so... Uh, Vanita's like, honestly, I would have rather you know, have been not invited, then go somewhere that I didn't feel wanted. And Vanita's like, well, sorry, you felt that way. We we do need to talk though. And like, how should we do it? Should, you know, and Lady's like, yeah, we do happy hour somewhere. And then she's like, wait a minute, Madison's giving me a call, Vanita says, and clicks over like, hey, how you doing? 
um, Madison says. And she's like, I'm just on the phone with uh, Olivia. One sec. Then we go back to Olivia. And she's like, well, and Olivia's like, well, I'm sure you just heard from Madison, but my family is throwing an oyster party where everybody's going to eat oysters and everyone is invited, but I am unfortunately not going to invite you. And Vinita's like, okay, not invited. Got it. And I'm talking head, she's like, never, I've never had to deal with someone, something so childish before. I understand if I'm at a parent's house, I'm going to keep it cool. I'm not going to cause a problem. I mean, let's handle this later. She's not even giving me the opportunity here. And Vanita's like, well, okay, well, hope you have a good party. We'll chat soon. And then she calls Madison back and she's like, damn, I think I've never been not invited to something in my life. And I'm like, Vanita... I've uh, I've been not invited to a lot of things. I could walk you through this in a jiffy. We could have this solved real quick. I could be like, uh, yeah, just start reading uh, just books. Just start reading books alone in your bedroom. And then eventually you'll fall in love with reality shows and have a podcast. Um, so uh, the, the other good part, the good point that was made is Madison, like, she doesn't want drama but she invited Madison LaCroix to the party. I mean, did you tell Austin that Madison was going to be there? You didn't invite me because you don't want drama, but you're inviting Madison LaCroix who Austin actually has huge issues with. And, um, she tells her, well, if we can't work it out, we just let it go. It's stupid. And Madison goes, it is stupid. Vanita. I'm like, okay. Um, we are back to Austin's family home. They're eating these sandwiches outside. And Craig goes, this egg salad was an incredible move. Okay, man. Craig says, do you need, do you need help moving anything? And they do. They need help, like a bed frame. So all of a sudden a U-Haul pulls up for Austin. We're putting the bed frame in there, which this part, I don't know if you guys, it was so sad because I'm like, oh my God, does Austin literally not have a bed frame? Like Austin, you know, is in his 30s. And he doesn't have a bed frame. And the dude makes money. The dude makes money. Like, think about that. The dude has money. And he's like, man, bed frame. Um, and the mom's doing the mom thing. I'm like, please don't scratch the walls. I always, I, you, I always take a chunk out of a wall when I move something. Um, and Austin's like, yes, I'm finally going to have a dresser in my room. And that's what I was like, what? You don't even have a dresser in your room? You know, he's like, hey, uh, the only thing I, I don't have condoms in my room, nor a dresser. I'll have this big old dong and 12 packs of trop hop everywhere. Uh, then we get a moving montage and he's like, I love this headboard. Shep's falling down. Craig says, moving sucks. Oh, mom uh, is in the U-Haul and drops like this tub of mementos and this doll falls out and it's Teddy. It's Kyle's uh, plush toy, um, you know. And they have this like kind of beautiful moment where the mom's like, Kyle never let uh, Kyle never let this thing go. Austin goes, coming home always put me at ease and it will no longer be my go-to place. And it's slowly starting to sink in. Now, I get that. And these childhood memories can be so intense and beautiful and amazing. But also, you are in your 30s. You know, like, I, I was like this when I was like 18. And then again, 22. And again, 20. No, uh, 22. And I, when my parents did sell their house and move to Gilbert, Arizona. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to give their address. Um I was, you know, there was a thought of like, oh, that sucks. But uh, I don't know. Like, I don't, uh, 
But I love that Austin, it really kind of shows he is a very sensitive person, but also doesn't know how to maneuver within that sensitivity. He still like actively hurts people, even though he's a sensitive person. There's a big group family hug, high fives to the guys, and Shep goes, well, I need to go get ice cream with my little nieces. And the mom gives the poetry book to Craig, and Austin says to his dad, this is poetic, me pulling out of the house with a U-Haul for the last time. Like, it would have been poetic, Austin, when you graduated from college. It's not poetic now, deep into your 30s. Like, what are you talking about this is poetic? Like, this shouldn't even be happening right now. Does anybody, am I going crazy? Um, so it's a sweet scene though. We get shots of houses. Uh, there's a suburban with Shep pulls up to his sister's house. The little girls are like, hello. And there's like three cute little girls, Boo, Louisa, and Rosie. Shep's walking outside with them and she's like, okay, thanks. I won't give them too much ice cream and sugar. And then the door slams. He's like, I'm going to get you whatever you want. We're going to have a good time. You guys smoke? Do you guys drink? What's up? Do you want pornography? And, um, He's talking to the little girls. He's like, you don't have to be in a car seat anymore. That's cool. Because he's like, Taylor's still done. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, And then Shep's like, where are we going, girls? I don't know. And they're like, yeah, we know. And they're like little girls. And I mean, I I kind of have a little bit of this experience with my niece and nephew when they were much younger. And it is really cool. And like, I don't know. it, It is one of the coolest things about family is watching a family member have kids and then getting to give those kids money <laughs> try to impress them. Um, and Shep's like, well, how, how have y'all been doing? Is school good? And the one girl's like, I know how to spell house. He's like, all right, do it for me. It's like H O U S house. And I'm like, you fucking dummy, dude. That is not how you spell house. Like, I knew it. I don't know if you guys knew it immediately. I knew it immediately because you there's an E on the end. I just learned that recently because it's a tricky word. But I know that girl totally fucked up. And um, he laughs. And he goes, I see my nieces once every three months. The coolest part um, about these little spawns unfold in front of you. And then the one girl's talking about that she knows what an onomatopoeia is. And I'm like, I don't fucking know. And he's like, how do you know this stuff? And the girl's like, we go to school and pay attention. And then Shep's like, I got kicked out of uh, school once because I was a bad little boy. And then the one girl, I think, was told to ask this because I can't imagine a little girl wanting to, like, you know, she's like, how has little Craig and Taylor been? And Shep's like, really good. Taylor's a big dummy. No. She's like, he's like, Taylor's with little Craig. Um, and he's like, I love that dog. So I love that dog so much. And it's another really kind of interesting tell of like, he'll always be like, little Craig, I love him to death. It's like my son. I love him. Taylor's cool. Taylor's cool. I mean, she's hit or miss depending on the day. Like I was reading Shep's book and he does that too. Of like, There's like a whole section about little Craig. So we cut to Olivia's house now. And, uh, well, no, sorry, we, we cut to Taylor. Taylor is with little Craig walking the dog, Shep's dog. I like that she's kind of an unofficial dog walker. We cut to Olivia's house. They're all of a sudden they're there. They hug little Craig is prancing around the house and they're like, Oh, you look so cute. You do too. That thing that girls always do. They compliment each other's looks. And 
Taylor's like, I'm excited for the party, Olivia. And Olivia's like, I know. And then she's like, how are things going with Austin, Olivia? And she's like, we had our first one-on-one dinner finally. And Taylor's like, did you define the relationship? And we have a flashback to, I want to take it slow. And Olivia back in this scene goes, oh, absolutely. There is no definition. And Taylor's like, do y'all think, um, oh no. Then Olivia goes, do y'all think you and Shep are on the same page for the future? And Taylor goes, yeah, he says he really doesn't see marriage in the cards for him. And the thought of burping a baby at 3 a.m. doesn't really sound like something that he wants to do. And Taylor's like, I hope that changes selfishly. Yeah, real selfish. Like, that's not selfish, Taylor. It's like you want to have a baby. Like, that's not selfish. These are real wants and needs. But I love, like, I don't even know if I want to say to Shep's credit, but I do want to say Shep seems pretty upfront about not wanting any of these things. So there is that. And if somebody makes that decision for themselves, you know, I do, though, sometimes think that it can get relied on a little bit too heavily with men of like, well, I told you I was a dick. I told you. So if I'm a dick, I told you, like, I literally told you I'm a dick. You know, like just because you tell somebody something doesn't give you a pass then to be that way or to do that thing for the rest of your life. Like I told you, I fart in public. I just do it. I do. I told you, you know, because the normal person be like, well, don't fart in public. okay?" And like, well, I'll try. Like Shep's like, nope, don't want kids. Don't want to get married. And so uh, Taylor goes, yeah, if it was a 32 year old guy figuring this all out, that'd be great. But he's a 42 year old man who has been through this with his brother and sisters having kids. And I just want to know where was the disconnect? What happened to you? That's a very telling line from Taylor. They pull up to the ice cream shop with the kids uh, in the Shep scene. And Shep is smiling with the kids. They're taking the orders. And, you know, they're like, hey. And he's like, do you all, hey, on top of the ice cream, do you all want a pint to tank home? I like he's like truly loading them up. Hey, do you want, hey, do you have any like calculators back there? Do you want like a computer? What do you have? He, uh, he goes, oh, I want to take a bite of this. And he puts his, he takes one of the used little ice cream spoons. And they're like, dude, uncle, it's used. It says used. It's in big, bold black letters, the little girl says. And he's like, well, I'm taller. You're at eye level with that thing. So I, could, I couldn't see that. And we all know you get the spoons from the lady or the guy that's working there. You have to ask. They don't just put the spoons out willy-nilly so we can all have as much as we want. You have to ask permission so they can make you feel guilty about getting more than one spoon. That's how it always was with me. Like, you like, can I get five spoons? Dude, that's why some of those back pre-pandemic, I said, yogurt shops must have been hit the worst with the pandemic because I remember I would go into like a yogurt shop, as one does, and they would have the little serving cups out there. Like, they were stupid. And, uh, you know, or, you, or like you could take one. But then you would get to hold on to that little cup. And I would just, like, keep, like, hitting it and seeing how tall I could make it in the little cup. And so then you've had, like, half of a cup of yogurt already even before you buy that. Little tip from me to you. I don't think a lot of yogurt shops probably exist anymore. Good talk. Um, so, uh He goes, being a fun uncle starts with gifts. You have to buy their allegiance. And damn, that is the truth. Um, And the kids are asking Shep, did you have good grades when you were little? He's like, I did. I did. The teacher's comments about me were funny. Uh, One was Shep thinks he can get by on charm and charm alone. The fact is, though, he doesn't have that much charm. And then Shep goes, I'm not perfect. And then the little girl goes, is that your excuse for everything? Boom. Ba-ba-na. You just got burned by a five-year-old Shep. You are 
it, old man. That doesn't know how to grow up. That's not a good song, you guys. Uh, we cut back to Taylor. Oh, yeah, he goes, I'm too old for change, girls. Cut back to Taylor. And uh, she goes, well, how are you and Shep doing? She's like, I'm very happy, but our trust was breached over a year ago. And we saw the girl that he cheated with at a place, and the girl was there, and I see her, and I'm triggered. And Shep goes, Taylor, you got to stop. That was a long time ago. And I think that's another thing with guys. I'm not blaming it all on Shep, but a lot of guys are like, dude, I'm over it. You get over it. And it's like, well, you're the one that cheated. Like, you did something bad, and it is frustrating when somebody doesn't get over the thing that you did to them because you're so frustrated because you're like, I've sincerely moved on. And you're like, well, yeah, you're not the one that was hurt. You're just hurt that the reaction is lasting as long as it has. I was thinking about this, too, because I'm like, I've been in there. I've probably said shit like this. Well, no, I haven't said shit like this. I have been like, come on, get over it already. Not in regards to me cheating, but, but uh, never mind. You know, so you know, talking head Taylor goes, I wouldn't consider myself a jealous person unless you cross me. And here we are. Taylor tells uh, Olivia, if something like that happens again, I'm out. I will calmly step away and say, sorry, you are the way you are. Good luck sleeping at night and knowing who you really are. Knowing you are who you are. And I'm like, damn, is that what she, like, that just happened potentially. That's dark. Because at the end of the day, we know we're fallible creatures, right? So at the end of the day, when Shep does go to sleep, he can only bullshit himself for so long, right? Us guys can only bullshit ourselves for so long. Eventually you do when you, right before you go back to sleep at night or go to, you know, you're like, oh shit, I did do that. Oh shit. Oh shit. That stuff will haunt you. It'll come back and haunt you. Uh, so we cut to, we're setting up for the party, the big oyster shucking party. We see flowers. Olivia's mom, Robin, is there. She says, hey, to Tom, the bartender. Don't know why he got a name because it doesn't play any part of the role. Like, it's like Tom, bartender. And uh, she's like, all right, looking great. We meet, you know, we see Olivia's dad, Gary. Um, by the way, the rumors, uh, so Sophie said on Monday's show is that the parents supposedly paid to get her on Southern Charm, Olivia. But I don't know if that's true because who would you pay? Bravo doesn't take bribes. So you would be paying the production company and Whitney's part of that production company. So is that what is being accused that Whitney and the other producers of Southern Charm are taking under the table bribes? At this point, I feel like you would have to, the producers would have to beg people to get on Southern Charm. Like, I don't think it's like something people are like leaping to do. Um, so we cut to Olivia getting her makeup on, comes outside. She's like, oh, wow, this is so cool. I'm excited. We see oyster shooters. I love an oyster shooter, you guys. Have you ever had one? Oyster, vodka, little cocktail sauce. It is. Uh, she's uh, My mom is definitely the perfect host. She's the perfect Southern belle. All sorts of parties she hosts. There's not many occasions that my mom doesn't want to host a party for. We cut to Austin in his bathroom mirror, shaving carefully. We cut to John Pringle. He's back. He's putting on a blue shirt. Which, you know, John Pringle must just, like... I was like, Pringle's going to have to like get into a fight at this party just to like prove his worth. He takes off his shirt to show his abs. So I was like, he's trying to show us right now because like this shirt isn't going to work. And he's like, he's like trying to show the camera. Look, still got the abs. We cut to Leva talking to her dog or her kid. I don't know. And she goes, I need to text the girls and see what they're wearing, which is such a basic girl thing. then we see naomi getting ready then we see craig putting product in his hair and he looks all satisfied like dude if i was fucking had the looks of craig i would be satisfied all the time too like it's got to be pretty nice to put a little hair gel in and go damn still got it like that's amazing uh we cut to shep and taylor 
and uh, she's in a lemon dress. And she's like, you're like a lemon car. You have to return because it's broken. Shakespeare, you guys. And it's, that's really, that's not, that's like Romeo and Juliet. We cut to Vanita, v, cut to Vanita not getting ready because she wasn't invited. And she's like to her dog, Charles, you want to help me open all these PR packages? And then you guys, all of a sudden, out of the blue, I thought he was gone from my life forever. We get Catherine and Chubbs. Chubbs, of course, is Caleb. But it's spelled C-H-L-E-B. My dyslexia has now turned that into Chubbs. So Catherine and Chubbs. And the thing is, Chubbs shouldn't be there because they broke up. And so all of a sudden, in his talking head, Catherine goes, Yes, Caleb and I got back together. And we see a flashback to two days ago at a dinner. He's like, I want to come home. And then he's like, he does this biting motion, like, Chubbs does like this biting motion. I'm like, calm down. You're in public, Chubbs. Like, stop. And uh, Catherine's like, here's our fresh start. In the talking head, Catherine lets us know that there's slim pickings in Charleston. So this is the closest to a normal relationship she's ever had. So she's decided to give it another go. We cut to the party. People are arriving. John Pringle arrives. He wants as much camera time as he can possibly get. Um, And uh, there's a grab a bevy station. It says grab a bevy. Uh, Marcy, Shep's cousin and her husband are there. Remember, Marcy's the pregnant one. We see Shep and Taylor walking, and uh, Taylor's in the lemon dress that he made fun of, but Shep is also in a matching lemon shirt, a button-up shirt, and uh, uh, shorts. Then Chubbs and Catherine come in, hugs Olivia in a talking head. Olivia's like, I guess I'm not really surprised that they're back together. I guess she can go back and forth and, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, I guess... Caleb's one of those. I guess she's just kind of like, it was something about like, I guess Catherine has a hard time making decisions. And I guess Caleb's one of those. Then Austin comes in. Olivia goes like, Hey to Austin. And he's like, Oh, you're wearing like Austin's wearing these like kind of pink, like, like pink, I don't know, red pink pants. And like, she's like, Oh, you and your goofy pants. I will say this, the Southern charm guys. I don't know if this is just Charleston in general, loves a good funny outfit you know i mean it's not funny to us but they think it's funny you know so craig comes in and craig looks like an 80s college bully like he has the sweater over he's like yeah it's like tied and just very preppy and shep says uh hey to everybody taylor's like and john pringle's like bro all right he shakes hands uh, he's like, my boy, all right. Um, and then Pringle tells Austin, you got a big swinging dick with those pink pants. I would kill. I would kill for people to be like, you got a big swinging dick in those jeans. You got a big swinging dick in those basketball shorts that you always wear, Ryan. And that, by the way, for new listeners, I've always tried to start a rumor that my, um, my manhood is of legend. It's huge. Like, please. It's like a python, like a smaller python, but like in the python family, like just a newly born python. Um, (laughs) Leva, you guys, is there. And guess who she's with? Her husband. We I was talking with this with Ronnie with Watch What Crappens on their episode a long time ago or a couple weeks ago. And, you know, they thought that he thought that they had split up, but we finally see her husband. It was like, what? And we don't see him talk. So he must have been like, I don't talk on camera anymore. 
Shep immediately is with the oysters and he's like, okay, all right. And she's like, that's the spicy sauce and that's the minuet. And he's like, I like spicy, but I also like minuet. And Shep is just shoving the oysters in his face. And then he's like throwing the shells. He's like, back where they belong, in the water, in the sea. Um, Catherine says to Austin, goes, you look very nautical. Uh, Madison all of a sudden walks in, you guys. And Austin goes, oh, shit. And he looks pissed. And Madison, all, Madison always just strolls into things like not a care in the world. Like, hey, everybody. Ooh. Madison never seems stressed. I will give her that. Like, I am more like Austin than Madison. I stress out about everything. Madison's like, wee. And Madison goes, hey, John Pringle. And then Austin's like, ugh. Austin's talking to Catherine, trying to act like, you know, he's paying attention to her. He's like, okay, what, uh, Catherine, what have you been up to this week? And he's like, Chubbs and I got back together. And he's like, when did that happen? You know, like, and she's like, day before. And then they do this thing where she keeps talking, but they lower the voice. And you can just see him, like, thinking about Madison being there. And Madison comes up and Catherine goes, oh, my God, you look like Jessica Simpson. And Madison's like, oh, my God, that country. And uh, then Austin's like, well. I'm going to get my drink and I'm going to make an exit. Like all awkward because Madison's there and Madison's like, okay, so weird. Okay. And Catherine goes, I thought you guys were still friends. And Madison's like, I thought so. And then, um, Shep and Craig go, uh, sorry. Um, sorry. Austin and Craig, uh, Austin pulls Craig aside and he's like, why is Madison here? After all the shit I told Olivia, and we get a flashback to their date of all the shit that he was talking about Madison to Olivia, which is just not what you do on a date. And she's like, Austin's like, why would you want this person around? You're not going to be friends with my ex, he says in a talking head. We come back from break. It's the oyster roast. And uh, Shep's like, whoa. He's like hovering over the pools. He's like, Look at these shoes. These shoes are waterproof, actually, you guys. And then he goes, actually, I'm waterproof. And I was like, how much has Shep had to drink? Is Shep on mushrooms? Um, so uh, Naomi sees Craig and goes, you look so nautical. Everybody looks so nautical. And then Whitney and Miss Patricia come in, Whitney's mom. And Whitney goes, are you Nantucket or uh, Martha's Vineyard to Austin? Whitney, uh, like I said, of course, brought Miss Patricia. And Naomi is happy as a clam. Um, I love her. Oh, yeah. Naomi's happy as a clam, she says. And Catherine is like, ugh, Naomi's here. Like, ugh, I do like her hat, though. And her nose is fine. And I do like the hat. And she has a great tan. And I don't. She's saying this in a talking head. Miss Patricia says, I want to I wanna run of the, uh, I don't even know what I wrote there. You guys. I want to run of the sock. Sometimes these notes, I'm just typing so, it's just like, little fingers of fury uh chubbs uh is talking by chubbs is talking to one of the guests there and he goes hey hey my name's caleb but it's spelled uh like uh caleb c-h-e-l-e-b and i was like oh my god he he's aware that his name is like messed up and then he lets us know and this is fascinating for caleb and club chubb lovers he his name means bread in russian bread bread and um, and then the lady's like, well, where are you from? And he's like, Mount Pleasant. And they're like, ah, ha, 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 funny one, Chubbs. Craig hugs Madison. And she says, oh, we're hugging now? And Craig's like, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, with the look, I'm getting back to my college days. 
And then Madison's like, no, it's because you have a good girl right now that dresses you, referring to Paige. And he's like, no, I did this by myself. Now, Austin is bitching to Naomi. And he's like, you invite my ex-girlfriend? I'm like, what? What? Still in regards to Olivia. Naomi says, well, at my house, you guys were cool. And we get a flashback to that party where they were fine. And uh, she's like, now you're traumatized? Because she invited her here? It's fine, Naomi says. Um, Whitney is talking to the parents, Olivia's parents. Like, How long have you guys lived here? And they're like, four years. We love it. We love it. What's not? And Miss Patricia's like, what's not to like? And they're like, well, where are you from? How long have you been here? She's like, well, I was in New York for a long, for many, many years. Uh, and then I moved here. And then when, there was two major hurricanes in New York, the worst ones ever. It's worse weather out in New York than it is here. And now all my friends think I'm a genius and they're moving. They're moving from New York to here. Which, by the way, that's the show I want to see. I want to see Miss Patricia and her New York friends that all moved to Charleston. Uh, at this point, we see this little doggy, and Allison's like, oh, it's like a pot belly pig. Big dick for how small of a dog it is. And Taylor's like, that's not a dick, you idiot. It's a nipple. And he's like, oh. Because then I was just like, how, what is, what is, I wonder if, like, Austin has, like, thought all his life that guys' nipples are dicks. He's like, whoa, you got big sausage dicks on your, on your chest. Never mind. So we, we cut to John. These are really good recaps, you guys. I gotta say, these are these are gold. Uh, we cut to Pringle talking to Craig, and he's like, "Can I be on the show more?" He's like uh, talking, and Pringle goes, um, "I heard you haven't congratulated Madison on her engagement, Austin." And Catherine goes, "You know, it, Austin, just congratulate her. It doesn't matter. Be the bigger person here." Uh, Marcy even says congrats and Marcy goes, just say congrats to her and walk away in a talking head. Austin's like, there were real feelings there. And once she got engaged, it hit me. It really hurt. And I didn't know it would hurt that much. We all, all of us knew your friends knew. They're all saying we knew the audience. We all knew. Now, Madison and Olivia are talking, and all the guys are watching, and Pringle says, should we take over a tray of shots for the girls? And Austin's like, I'm not doing that. Uh-uh. Austin's like, well, this the engagement felt like a big final fuck you that she didn't tell me she got engaged. We cut to the girls talking, and Madison goes, um, I know you didn't invite Vanita, Olivia. And Olivia goes, well, I didn't uninvite her. I just didn't invite her. Um, and... She's like, that's why I told her it would seem kind of fake. You know, I wasn't comfortable at her garden party and I wouldn't feel comfortable if she was here acting like things were fine when they're not. Now, there is there is a tiny, tiny leg to stand on here, but very tiny because you're also doing a show called Southern Charm. You don't want to leave people out. This is, you know, remember, this is a show based around drama and to not have her there, that's weird. Um, so John Pringle comes in and he's coming in to lighten the mood with a tray of shots. Craig says to Austin, hey, hey, bro, should we shotgun a beer? Like, I love that's how guys handle things. Should we, hey, should we shotgun a beer, bro? And Austin's like, yes. And they're popping like Bud Light and Coors Light cans. And they're like, do you have a key or like, do you have, and then Craig's like, do you have your Amex to pop it? And he's like, I have my Amex, classic. Then we cut to Pringle and Taylor and uh, they're cheersing or something and, and pringle goes taylor you're the secret love of my life by the way maybe john pringle could be with taylor john pringle seems like a nice guy the the austin and craig contingent they shotgun their beer we see the girls do their shot and the guys are like so cold the beer so cold good work good work then we see some guy telling Catherine that he likes her hat i think that's naomi's dad then austin says well i should go talk to olivia about what the fuck is going on 
I think in regards to inviting Madison. And I'm like, who? Look at the look at you, Mister Big Dick, in your pink pants. Vanita and Naomi. Um, uh, no, oh sorry, Leva and Naomi take a pick and go. We're so cute. Ah, and then Austin is Olivia. Are you, hey, could I touch you? And she's like, what the hell? Like with Madison. I'm sitting here watching the five of y'all like talk. And I like, oh my God, I feel like slighted. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck is she doing here? And, he, and she's like, why do you care? And he's like, no woman I'm interested in will be friends with her. And Olivia's like, we aren't friends. Why do you think we're friends? This is where we have a disconnect. I just want to be decent. And a talking head, she's like, it's the Southern thing to do. I was invited to her party. She's invited to mine. And then... This is why girls are always so good. Like they, they, they just kind of just point blank say things she, like that are correct. She goes, I am waiting for the day for you not to care about her. She is so present in our conversations. Our date night the other night. I mean, all we talked about was her, the appetizer through the dinner, talking about her. And we get a flashback of Austin going, oh, uh, anything that you say, well, she'll use it as ammunition and, you know, just further dig after dig. And it's like, oh, my God, let's stop beating a dead horse. Right. And Naomi's like, please. And then in a talking head, Naomi goes, sorry, uh, Olivia says, Austin just got done telling me let's take it slow. And now you're telling me who I can't invite to my party. That's not going to fly with me. And I love that. And we cut to Madison's going, okay, anyways, I'm out of here. Like not a care in the world. Uh, everybody's eating oysters. Austin says, fuck, Olivia's driving me crazy. Austin says, um, he's talking to Craig again now separately. And Austin's like, this is Charleston, man. It's just crazy. And Craig's like, yep. Both of our fucking exes are here, man. But that's Charleston. Exes are everywhere. It's a never-ending cycle of misery. And I was like, just two weeks ago, you were like, Paige, come on down. It's a beautiful spot. Beautiful area. Um, and <laughs> have fun, Paige. Craig goes, Olivia's parents are really nice, though. And Austin's like, yeah, her parents are awesome. They're not assholes like their daughter. We cut to Chubbs talking to Naomi. And he's like, hey, you know, six years ago, I was at your house. She's like, yeah, totally. And a talking head, Chubbs lets us know. She goes, I've known Naomi longer than I've known Catherine. And, you know, but Catherine, if Catherine holds grudges, I have to have that grudge as her man, you know? And it's, it's, it sucks because I don't get salty with anyone. I never have, but she's salty with everyone. And then Naomi goes, hey, how are you and Catherine? And he's like, uh, Hard to talk about that. We cut to Pringle and Catherine saying, yeah, me and Olivia don't, me, sorry, me and Naomi don't like each other. Cut back to Chubbs and uh, Naomi and Chubbs is like, yeah, like, uh, I'm just over, it's always drama with uh, Catherine, which is like, you just said you have a united front and you're throwing her under the bus immediately. Naomi says, oh my God, you're feeling overwhelmed. She, um, she's, she's like, like, I'm not a shallow person, Chubb says, but I am a simple person, which is like, oh, my God, Chubb's like the Forrest Gump of Charleston. He's like, I am not a smart man, but I do know what love is. My name is Chubbs, Chubbs Gump. And I was running. Instead of Jenny, it's like, Catherine, he's just so smart, Catherine. <laughs> Sorry. I used to love the movie Forrest Gump. <laughs> 
Anyways, he goes, I'm I'm a simple person, Chubbs. All my friends are simple. We don't do the drama thing. But when she comes home, she does the drama thing. And I'll listen to her for a while, but then I'll turn on ESPN and just tune her out. I've never seen somebody be this honest and this dumb on camera. Like, to actually say this shit to Naomi. And Naomi's like, why are you dating her then? And he goes, she's my girl. Like, that's so for us. She's my girl. Because Catherine's my girl. Naomi and I are talking. He goes, this is, is this a cry for help? I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. And Naomi says, this is not how a relationship is supposed to work, Chubbs. And uh, you seem like you're going through some shit. And uh, he's like, yeah, we definitely did. And, you know, I felt that when we broke up. And and then Naomi's like, is Catherine going to be upset we spoke? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and we're like, we all like, yeah. Catherine sees them talking. And uh, Naomi goes, hey, just being real and honest with you you don't need to deal with a narcissist you know someone so toxic which is pretty brutal language uh and anyways Catherine goes chubbs or caleb chubbs and john pringles and Catherine's like he's ignoring us john pringle and pringles like no i just don't think he's ignoring i just don't think he can hear either of us but by the way also that chubbs just told us he tunes her out so like in chubbs's head he's like just hearing espn instead of Catherine. Um, we cut to Chubbs going, I'm a person here that was put on this earth that can break through her walls. And Naomi's like, are you shitting me? You have a savior complex? No one can do that. And he goes, you'll see. Like, I've never seen somebody admit point blank. Like, yeah, savior complex. Yep. Oh, is that what it's called? Cool. Yeah, that's what I have. Uh, and Naomi's like, yeah, I guess we will see. Naomi goes to Leva. She goes, I just had a real interesting conversation with Chubbs, and uh, he doesn't like Catherine. And Leva goes, what? He doesn't seem to like Catherine. We cut to Chubbs pulling Catherine aside and goes, Naomi's talking shit about you. <laughs> like, what? What? That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. No, that's not true. I've seen way weirder things, but for, for this episode. Um, and... He's like, yeah, she was trying to manipulate me in our conversation. And I'm so sorry she said that word about you, you know, manipulate. We cut to Naomi talking to Leva. And um, Leva's like, it's also not cool on his part. Why is he talking to you about it? And then we go back to Catherine and Catherine Chubbs goes, well, how did it end? Catherine's very eerily calm. And he goes, me not saying what she wanted to hear. So we ended it. And then Catherine's like, you ready to go? And Chubbs is like, yeah, we can go. And Naomi goes to Leva, goes, if Lamar, your husband, said that shit about you, I would gut him. And Leva's like, Lamar's not allowed to speak on the show this year. <laughs> it was like, I would gut him. And Leva's like, yeah, you would. And then we get Catherine hugging people goodbye. And Chubbs is like, I don't want to go through life. Oh, no. Leva says, Chubbs doesn't go through life thinking people are out for him. But Catherine does. And if you give out info, it's super messy. It's grounds for war, she says in a talking head in relation to what just happened. And that's the end of the episode. Next episode, we see Catherine and Austin getting manicures together. Little Craig is talking, like Shep's talking to Miss Patricia and Miss Patricia wants her dog to marry Little Craig. And I'm like, well, somebody in Shep's family will get married at least. And by the way, if we're honestly, though, if we seriously are at a dog wedding in this show, I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. I'm not out. That's crazy. Uh, then we see a scene with Vanita of um, talking to her mom saying like, I just remember dad left and he, he left one night, didn't come back home and that's it. And the mom's like, 
I'm not going to talk to you about your daddy. And I'm like, damn, that's intense. And then we have Chubbs talking to his mom goes, what if we, me and Catherine do couples therapy and it doesn't work? And the mom's like, you get away from that girl then. And then we see Craig and Naomi on a separate lunch thing. And he's like, yeah, I don't think it's appropriate to hang out just yet. And then we're like, hmm, hmm. But also, I don't think it's appropriate to hang out yet. You're literally in a scene where you're hanging out by yourselves. Anywho, you guys, this was our episode. What a gigantor episode. Almost two hours. It's like I just give, I give. If you like what I'm giving, please give five stars to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you don't like me, just please ignore what I just said. And I love you and peace be with you. Me, from me, Chubbs, and all the... I'd like to say I love you guys. It's me, Chubbs. Uh, remember, guys, I'll probably take off Wednesday, but I'll see you bright and early on Thursday. Uh, pray for my mom uh, or send good vibes or any magical thinking that you can do. Love ya. Betches.